Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors, Macabre Manor, Veed, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm James. And I'm not James. <laughs> Thank baby Loki for that. <laughs> uh, I guess that would make me Jody. I would assume so. You certainly <laughs> sound like him. <laughs> Hang on. Yep, yep, that's me. Okay. That's what it says on my underwear. <laughs> yeah. no, look in the mirror. <laughs> oh, ah, I didn't think you could see a reflection. Um, it's a special mirror. Oh, it doesn't. Well. It doesn't have silver. Ah, I see. <laughs> and you must still have a little bit of soul. <laughs> that's right. I'm talking about. I know we're getting paid. Keep paying. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Not that type of soul. <laughs> and, and the reason why we had to see who we were is because. The past week, Jody and I recorded a few, uh, actually, in person, live, together. Woo! Yay! First time ever. Yay! First and second and third and, well, I'd say in fourth, but that was because one of them got re-recorded because there was too much background noise. <laughs> that's, that's what we get for trying to record at Kuma's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, heavy metal restaurants, great to go to, sucky to record at. <laughs> yep. Except the free shot of Malort. Oh, yes, that was awesome. And, and yes, coming up, you'll hear a few episodes where there's a lot of background noise because we recorded live, like together, not, you know, we of course engineered a, as much as we could. Yeah, yeah the, they're at pubs and um, some background noise, and you should be able to hear us enough, but it's probably not what we're going to do very often, but we got, we, we, we're sick of re-recording the one as it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah there'll, there'll be three coming up, the Iron Maiden Sun and Steel, the Robbie Burns Day, and the Phantasmagoria, or Gorina. Phantasmagoriana. Yeah, that, that's the one. <laughs> I don't think I've said it right any damn time. <laughs> I would agree. I don't think you have either. <laughs> oh, damn it. I mispronounced something. Hold on. Oh, wait. Is that a drink? Yeah, it's a drink. Oh, damn it. What are you having? I am having... Uh, one of the episodes, Burns Day, we recorded a brew pub, and they had a six-pack of Halloween beers, and I am enjoying a Red and Dead from um, uh, Scotland. It's an Imperial Red Ale, so it goes with Halloween, and yes. being from the British Isles, uh, goes with our topic today. Yes. What, what uh, are you having? Well, um, uh, one, I think you meant to say brew dog. Uh, did I say brew pub? More you than said one? brew pub. <laughs> brew, brew dog brew pub. There you go. <laughs> um, I, currently, I am I am having shipyard pumpkin head ale but i also bought a six pack at brew dog and when i am done with this pumpkin head ale i have a can of zombie cake oh is that the porter yes it's a praline chocolate porter and i have not tried it but it sounds good it's good i've had one of the two nice yeah yeah the six pack's a mixed pack it's got two red dead two zombie cakes and two vermont vampires or some, something yes. like that yes the, the the vermont vampire was very good yeah we had I'm, that on tap y yes we did that was excellent uh and you mentioned that they were in the uh in the british isles yeah Brew dog is originally or or the the main one it still is yeah the main one yeah. is. they just yeah. have some over here now in the states as well yeah who and, else and, and, that, and that ties into our episode i think so there's this little known band I think they're English, called Led Zeppelin. Who? No, no, Led Zeppelin. But the, the, the who are also, I think, English. <laughs> I don't know. They could be British. Aren't English British? Or are the British English? No, the English are British. The British aren't all English. Ask any Scots. 
We're not fucking English, you fucking southern pansies. <laughs> oh, um, yes, Led Zeppelin. Yay. I believe I've heard of them. So, since nobody knows about them, I'm glad we're doing this series. <laughs> <laughs> People should learn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we've uh, done pre-Zep and, and Zep 1 album era. Yeah. And those were both three episodes, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, but this one, this one may only be two episodes. We'll, we'll kind of see how it goes. I say that, and it'll, it'll be four. Um, <laughs> but if I, I've actually got fewer notes on it because uh, let's see, this Bud Zep 2 uh, occurs so quick after Zep 1. Uh, yeah. You know, so last time during the, some of the pre Zep and Zep 1, I talked about other bands that we've mentioned and, you know, what they were doing, and they either just broke up or some of their art members had just started playing pre you know, whatever. Yeah, but but Zep Two follows so close to Zep One that you know because they recorded it during the touring of Zep One. Yeah, yeah. When um, I just whenever they could book studio time, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But Jody said he's not yeah. incorrect. They they were they were touring the states pretty heavy. You know, Jimmy kind of realized that's really where they could make their money. <laughs> oh yeah. And they were coming up with ideas constantly because you know, like we talked about when when they play live or when they played live, they, they would wind up doing these imp- improvisational sections of the songs. They'd come up with new ideas out of those. That, that there are more opportunities in America and they just didn't get the same media attention in the UK either. Like the US, they got more money, they got more media attention. Jimmy and Jonesy both scoffed at the idea of not being big in the UK. They just saw the States as, you know, something more. Yeah. And, you know, the, the groupies that we'll get to here in a couple pages. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, we could go into the touring. You know, we could give all the dates. But if I just start reading off all the dates, it's going to get boring as crap. True. You know, I, I, I've got a few. I was going to mention that they toured in Autumn 69 in Europe just before two dropped. Uh, North American Autumn 69 just a few days before it dropped and then continued a bit after. And, you know, then UK, Europe, North America, spring, Iceland, Bath, North America, summer 70, then UK spring of 71 coming up would be yeah. like, um, oh, sorry, haha, should read my notes. <laughs> they did a North American summer two in 70. The next tour after that would be the UK spring of 71. That was going to be in support of three. But for uh, a good solid three quarters, almost a year, mm-hmm. um, yeah. just a, a lot of touring. Yes. And unlike last time, where they're making what twelve hundred fifty bucks a night, sometimes, yeah, uh, they're starting raking five thousand to fifteen thousand dollars a night, and play bigger venues, bigger venues. But they're still playing with Vanilla Fudge, who we mentioned last time. And if if you noticed, they hopscotched across the Atlantic quite a bit. Yes, it's, it's because they had to watch their time in the states because they could only be here for six months out of the year. Uh, so they they bumped around with their tours, and like Jody said, they're recording. You know, it, it was it was like, okay, we got it. We got a day. Let's record this one song. <laughs> it it wasn't like we've got you know a month. Let's record the album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do it here. We'll do it here. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's, oh, hey, we're in New York, John. You need to you need to record your drum parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was, uh, was kind of that kind of thing, from what I've understood. <laughs> yeah, but it it worked quite well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, Considering all the jumping around they did with that, the the sound is amazingly consistent. I mean, if you didn't know that they had recorded it in different places over the entire tour, you wouldn't be able to tell by listening to it. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's well. We'll discuss Jimmy's masterfulness. Oh yeah, when, when we get there too, because that's part of it. His, his genius. Yes. So, so you know how I dropped the, or didn't really drop. I wasn't going to go into the whole mud shark, ginger, red snapper incident. Yeah. Last time, but I thought, what the hell? It's during this time, during the tours, and bumped around the recording. And so it was during these breaks. Jones and Bonham went back to England to be with their families. Paige, Plant, and Cole went to Puerto Rico. Uh, so they could stay under the six-month thing, so they just kind of snuck out for a bit, because evidently Puerto Rico wasn't considered part of this six-month thing, you know, where they're at. And is, uh, they're, I would, you, you, you should see the weird look on my face, because Puerto Rico is part of the United States. Right. Maybe it's just because it's not it's not a state. I don't know. Well, that I, that I could see. And keep in mind that this particular story is coming from Hammer of the Gods, which uh, is the one we say to maybe take with a little more grain of salt than some of the others yes still a good book it is it is entertaining yes it's it, it leans more into the mythology sometimes <laughs> yeah but while they're here at puerto rico uh they're they're sitting around and a young woman comes up and grabs cole's crotch and says grande and <laughs> i know the story <laughs> and grabs plants and her eyes get real big and she goes mucho grande <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you know we talked about how cole did not love plant that could lot. be why <laughs> well that could be why but also because he is the one who told the story i'm inclined to believe it's true because i don't see him giving robert that kind of positive story you know true and yeah i think this is the time too where cole really begins to dislike robert during the tours and it's, mm -hmm. it's also the time that robert was starting to become a lot happier because all the band members were getting attention not just jimmy and I don't know if that fit into some of his ego or if Cole just didn't like somebody besides Jimmy getting attention. But yeah, Robert was happier and Cole started to dislike Robert more during this time. <laughs> so speaking of Jones and Bonham, because mm -hmm. we, we did a second ago when they went back to England to their families. Uh, yes. This, this is kind of neat. I got a quote from Jones. Um, because okay. they, go, they go back to their new houses to rest. And Jones said, takes me weeks to recover after living like an animal for so long. And, and that's Jones who is the most sedate out of all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or or the one who didn't get caught. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, remember, he didn't. I was, I was, you know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Say it. Say it. You know you want to. Uh, okay. So the rumor, and, and this is something that's pushed in Hammer of the Gods, and is yeah. that, well, not necessarily. It's it's hint. Well, no, it's pushed. Oh, no, it's, it's almost it's blatantly stated. <laughs> yeah, it's pushed was that Paige got Plant and Bonham to sell their souls to the devil for fame and that Jones wouldn't go along with it and that when Bonham died and the band broke up, Jones was the only one to come out unscathed. I, I was torn on when to bring that up. I know we talked about doing a uh, Deals with the Devil mm -hmm. episode. So well, I we can we... go more in depth into it, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess there's more. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you remember the Zep pre-Zep? episodes where I talked about Jimmy getting sick while touring with Neil Christian and that's when he decided that he was going to stop touring and he, he went to the studio a lot? Yeah. Well, he was sick a lot during this time too. <laughs> poor poor guy. Uh, I guess all, <laughs> I guess all the touring and the hectic recording schedule and everything to get the album out on time just just took it out of him. That happens. It does. Especially it your, a, a little waif. Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know that I'd really call him a waif, but yeah, sure. <laughs> He's, he's one. 
<laughs> I thought he was James. <laughs> Something. <laughs> oh, not that kind of Juan. No, uh, never Juan from, from the vampire episode. <laughs> w W A N, not J U A N. <laughs> yes, yes, Juan, not Juan. <laughs> uh, it's also during this time that Joe Walsh gave Jimmy a Les Paul guitar, which had been out of production. Uh, well, okay, and here's weird. It'd been everybody says it's out of production. Uh, the it's discontinued in '60. Uh, mm -hmm. The SG came out '61, '63, but True, it, yeah. start, it started again in '68. Yeah. So it really wasn't discontinued at the time Jimmy got this. If he got it during the Zep Two era, and and yeah. he did because he used the Fender during Zep One. True. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so Jimmy was quite happy with this because he was smitten and amazed at its sustain, a quote. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And, you know, most people associate Jimmy with this Les Paul, but he still uses Telecaster quite a bit. And, and he also uses mm -hmm. a nice Dan Electro when playing White Summer. And, and uh, I've got a little note here. You have a Dan Electro, don't you? I do. Um, actually, I've got two of them. That was the reason I bought that Dan Electro when I saw it. I did not even know they were making it anymore. And I walked into a guitar shop and I went, oh, I know that guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I should buy one. And it was decently priced. So I bought one. What a, a Dan Electro, it's typically made out of Formica. And they're typically hollow. So they're incredibly light. As opposed to a Les Paul, which sometimes, which, which surprises me that Jimmy actually liked the Les Paul so much because I'm surprised he could pick it up. Because he's such a wan waif. Waif, waif, waif. Yeah, waif, not waif. Waif, wan waif. Well, I don't know. With his deal with the devil, he may be a wraith in the future. So he may be a wan waif wraith. Woo! I know he's not going to listen to this, but I can kind of picture him just kind of closing his eyes, a little sad smirk on his face, shaking his head, a little white ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> he knows we love him. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> Going into the Led Zeppelin mythology a little bit more. <laughs> it's it's yeah. during, this, during this time, a show at the Kinetic Circus in Chicago, Grant and Cole. So that would, that would be Peter, Peter Grant. Peter Grant and Richard Cole. Yes. yes. <laughs> the manager and road manager, <laughs> respectively. Yeah. And they, they found extra tickets and cash and a duffel bag. And uh, they, they got physical with the promoter to make sure the band got their share. And this is where they really started to exert their physicality against promoters and anybody who did the band wrong. And they, they were not small men. No, they weren't. Peter Grant actually kind of learned his aggressiveness from, well, I'm sure it was already there. But uh, he worked for, and I think I mentioned this in one of the other episodes, he worked for Don Arden for a time. Yeah. Sharon Arden's father. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah who was, who that, was yeah. not known for being kind to some of those <laughs> for, to, to, well to, to anybody really i guess <laughs> yeah. and do you remember ellen sanders from last time the uh journalist who was going around with him i uh yes but don't ask me any details yeah so uh just during this time she's still with them still going around she described the band thusly page ethereal pale and frail like a one wave race. <laughs> uh, plant is obscenely rugged. Bonzo played like a gorilla. Obscenely plant. rugged. Yes, obscenely rugged. <laughs> Sounds 
sounds like she may have uh well yeah well we'll get to that in a second uh bonzo played like a grill on a rampage and, and yeah, even even that. even bonzo has said that's a quote i yell out while drumming like a bear to be like a thunderstorm yeah like bear play like bear <laughs> See, that's the Russian accent that comes. <laughs> uh, and Jones holds it together from the shadows. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, and and speaking of her, you know, we, we were just kind of saying that maybe she had a little crush on on Robert uh, Cole. If you remember from last time, had a bet on who would bet her first. He, he thought Jimmy would. Uh-huh. So nobody, nobody betted her. She, nobody won the bet. <laughs> she she was wise enough to not go there <laughs> and uh it's also during this time while they're touring there are some quotes and they would speak of the scariness in the of the american south where rednecks did not care for their long hair and they'd have to be careful in restaurants hotels and at shows yeah you've heard the bob seeger song <laughs> oh yeah turn the page yeah fairly accurate i do believe uh, that's my understanding oh, but that, that's kind of what i have on the, the touring stuff okay I mean, it's it's you know some of the same stories and and when they come up here in a, an album or two we'll actually get some some more interesting things and you'll notice uh, part of the touring of course are the groupies and we're going to get to that in just a little bit okay th- this episode or next uh, that, yeah. that that tends to be where some of the more fun stories come from yeah they did have televised performances too uh, before, after, during the various tours that would perform uh, John mm-hmm. Peel's Top Gear, uh, BBC Sessions, uh, which was a huge help, actually did help them in the UK, and uh, they, they're close to the production chief, Bernie Andrews. And if, if you remember their single from 1990, Traveling Riverside Blues, uh, they, they yeah. recorded it at the BBC Sessions, uh, yes. June 69. So and there's uh, Alan Fluff Freeman, host of the Saturday Rock Show. He was a fan, and he helped the band get some British airtime. Okay. But, yeah, they were on the UK and European television, a handful of other shows and, and things. And I know Jody mentioned last time that, that you, you can get some bootleg recordings of sort of their pre-Zep, Zep 1, Zep 2. You know, they're, they're out there. <laughs> they are probably the most bootlegged band of all time. <laughs> <laughs> you can get those. Uh, you can get the live recorded, the BBC recordings, and some of the live things, and you really get a good idea of how they evolved, their songs evolved, and how things changed, and and how Jody oh, mentioned yeah. that, you know, as they would jam on stage, they would get ideas for songs for the second album. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to critics, if you are so inclined. Yeah, sure. Now, you sound exactly like Zepp when talking <laughs> about critics. <laughs> That yeah. was uh, that was intentional. <laughs> Kudos. Uh, <laughs> Thought you'd like that. <laughs> in fact, according segue in John Paul Jones interview regarding critics' charge of Zepp having, and I quote, manufactured hype. Paige and I were fully experienced by then. We'd already played on a lot of commercial records as session musicians. He went on to talk about how they compromised then to pay the rent, mm-hmm. and he joined Zepp to play the music he wanted. So how could it be manufactured when they're going against what had been commercial hits? True. I mean, except for the label's hype. And what label doesn't hype their bands? Um, a label that doesn't know how to hype their bands. And we have talked about that in some other episodes, and we'll talk about it again. <laughs> uh, for example, Halloween. I, because in all honesty, episode. yeah, yeah, in all honesty, sometimes a label, 
they're, they're high on a band and then maybe something changes in the management, like personnel, people get fired or they go somewhere else because they get a better job offer or whatever. And sometimes the people that come in or the people that are left really don't know how to hype the band. <laughs> so they don't know what to do with them or the scene changes and those bands, you know, the, the, the label thinks they can't do anything with the band so they just yeah yeah you're con contractually obligated to get that album out and put it out and then you know you can go away fortunately that did not happen with Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> not so much atlantic seemed to love them <laughs> oh yeah and uh jones added that luck helped and we we talked about that where there's a nice big opening la last time yeah for, uh, them to fill I'm not talking about Lori maddox <sighs> uh <-huh. laughs> uh jones uh also said that specifically Album-oriented rock had just started becoming a thing, mm -hmm. and that the Beatles, Hendrix, and Cream were done. And we mentioned both of those last time, uh, but you know, I stopped my research at a certain point so I can focus on that. And I'm reading this, I'm like, ah, that's what Judy and I said. <laughs> uh huh. So we're, we're just we're just genius, eh? <laughs> of course. Yeah, us and a bazillion other people who had that same thought. <laughs> and uh, I, I will say when I just said Beatles were done, they still had a couple of albums coming out. They didn't have any more shows. And the sure. Hendrix moved uh, from the experience, whose last 68 album, Electric Lady Land, to the Band of Gypsies, which had a 1970 album. Uh, there's still a transition and he kind of changes sound. So it still left yeah. a bit. But especially Cream that we mentioned in the past episodes. when They, they, were, done, they were done by then. Yeah, they were done. And that was more of Zepp's thing anyway. In fact, Jimmy agreed in a February 7th, 7th, <laughs> February 70 interview with Record Mirror saying, I hope that Cream disbanded and Hendrix was into other things. Yeah. Now, here is where I'm going to get Jody to scoff on two different things. Here's the first. Are you ready? Scoff. Oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> That's premature scoffulation. <laughs> is that what they're calling that? <laughs> yes. You scoffing scoff law wait scoff <laughs> scoff law you scoff, I have, uh, I don't scoff law at my scoffing too quick <laughs> fuck you follow just <laughs> anyway, okay here's the first one the critics would accuse them of no subtlety and all raw power um bullshit <laughs> <laughs> my, my note here is really have they actually listened to the album <laughs> that yeah that's actually that was about what i was gonna say there <laughs> yeah sure how do you how do you not hear the subtleties i mean i, I get it they're subtleties but <laughs> myth randier you with your subtleties <laughs> hey i mean it the music it ebb it it ebbs and flows it it breathes i mean there's space there you know it 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 expands and contracts it's light and shade light and shade yeah it's there. I mean, all you got to do is put on a pair of headphones and listen to it. Well, and how many of them start acoustically? Then they do go into, it becomes more yeah. powerful, but it starts with a soft, acoustic, beautiful, folksy thing. Jimmy's little guitar solo thing, the little huh, beautiful guitar solo things are, you know, on the Dan Electro, the acoustic old type of, or, or no distortion. And Right. Yeah. All right. Ready for the second one? Sure. So, Different critics, some would say it's too rough, and others would say it's too hippie. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, do, I don't necessarily disagree with that one 100%. Okay. 
but how can it be too rough and too hippie? It cannot like, be both. It can be, but it can be those two things. It can be rough and hippie with various whatever, but one set of critics didn't like it because it was too rough. Another set didn't like it because it's too hippie, but then they couldn't go back and say, you know, it's too hippie here, but it's powerful and moving here, or it's too rough here, but this one's a gorgeous, beautiful, you know, they, they wouldn't focus on what they should have liked if they're going yeah. to say it's one or the other. My thing is, if you're going to call it too hippie, the only thing you can call too hippie would have been Robert's lyrics. And even then, not all of them. Oh, yeah. Bonzo's drum playing. It's so peaceful. <laughs> Flower power, man. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, you know what they say. Those who can't, criticize. Yeah. What, what was it, Jimmy? What was his quote? <laughs> Music critics are just washed up musicians. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking a drink. I almost spit. <laughs> You should, you should know better. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's it for, for that little critic piece, unless you have critical analyses for the critics on their critiques. You want me to be critical of the critics? If, if you want. You're all a bunch of fucks. Sums it up nicely. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I, I thought so. Yeah. All right, I've got a few general neat things here. Uh, uh, Colonel? No, no, general. Okay. General things. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> ah. Nice uh nice quote from Bill Ward from Black Sabbath on Bonzo comparing him with at the time contemporary yeah. drummers. He goes thusly. Yeah. I heard Bonham do I'm not gonna do it in his voice. <laughs> I heard Bonham doing it on one bass drum when he was seventeen and could only be compared to Buddy Rich, who was a jazz drummer from nineteen seventeen to nineteen eighty seven, played with Tommy Dorsey, Count Basie, and his own band. Speaking yeah, of which, my grandma, yeah, my grandma had some of those on vinyl and kind of heard them when she'd play them. And as a stupid kid, I didn't appreciate it. But Oh, you don't remember him being on the Muppet show and having a drum battle with Animal? I, I, I don't. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be searching that later. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Buddy Rich. Well, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Bill Ward is pretty much saying that bon, Bonham could do what he needed to with one bass drum at a young kid that, yeah. that blew everybody else away, even if they needed more. Yeah. Funny story about Bill Ward and John Bonham. A little bit later. I, of course, the, the, the guys in Sabbath were from the, the same area around Birmingham. That, well, they were from Birmingham. And, you know, uh, Bonham and Plant were from around Birmingham. Neezer Butler knew. I, I'm not sure he knew Bonham, but he knew Plant. But anyway, the, the guys in Sabbath and, and Zeppelin got to be friends. And uh, if I remember right, Bonham was uh, Tony Iommi's best man in his first wedding. Bonham would show up at the studio while, while Sabbath was recording. He'd want to sit in on drums and just play, you know, while they weren't recording anything. And Bill Ward didn't want to let him because every time Bonham sat down and played his drums, he broke them. <laughs> so they'd they'd wait until bill was out of the room and then they go yeah you can you can play <laughs> and then he'd, he'd and then he'd break something <laughs> <laughs> bill comes back in seriously <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck you fucks <laughs> uh, you're getting you the fucking drums again <laughs> you're getting to see why riffs started <laughs> not riffs as a music riff yeah <laughs> Huh. Uh, uh, I've got one little thing that says Bev, Bev and a VLO called the band Outrageous, but my next little piece 
actually goes into your Midland thing. Oh, okay. That uh, wasn't always Page and Plant versus the rhythm section of Jones and Bonham. According to Jones, it was as often the Midlanders versus the Southerners. Uh, Page and Jones, that. yeah, Page and Jones would take the piss out of them, and Plant and Bonham called them ponces. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Jones, uh, he stated quite about how much in a groove he was with Bonzo, uh, but he said the same for Jimmy that we were paying attention. Jimmy and I would watch each other's hand movements. We go bang straight into it. Yeah, bang, bang. Bang. Straight into it. Woohoo! Anyway, also this time, Jimmy and Bonzo and Jeff Buck, among others, to, you know, to mention somebody who, who's been in the picture quite a bit, mm-hmm. uh, contributed to the album Lord Such and Heavy Friends, which began recording May 69, released in 1970. And of course, we discussed Screaming Lord Such in the Corpse Pain episode. We did. And I've actually looked into this album because I was thinking of possibly getting it. And it is considered one of the worst rock albums ever. <laughs> surprising because considering the amount of talent that was on the album yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah well. i've not tried to listen to it I, I guess i could look and see if it's on spotify or even youtube i just i haven't i think it is because i think i've listened to it i may put it on at work though if i yeah. did not 100 percent sure i have um yeah. so it would have been in the background so it, nothing sticks out as good or bad so i should yeah. i should give it a shot again or or the first time, I may be thinking of something else. So I know I listen to Captain Beefheart on occasion in the background, and that's bizarre. <laughs> True. Uh, but I think I was going to try to do this in two episodes, and we still have quite a bit left. So I'm thinking this would be uh-huh. a good place to stop for now. And next time, we'll start with groupies. Oh. Which is what everybody in a band wants to start with. That's why we join bands. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, so I think that I think it's not a bad stopping point right now. If if you have anything else first, though, um, no. All right, good. Cool. In fact, actually, this may work out perfect. This will come out early November. Second one will come out early December. So the last one will come out around Jimmy's birthday in January. Nice. So not bad. Not too shabby. All righty. So until next time, I'm James. I'm Jody. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Itch, itch, son of a bitch. <laughs> I'll see. I'll, I'll play with a little bit more. Play with the microphone a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> too, too many. I blanked because I had too many things to say. Like, uh, where, do I, where do I want to go with this? <laughs> uh, it. it was funny though. Uh-huh. <laughs> jocularity, jocularity. <laughs> I'm good either back. way. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see if we're gonna fuck with me again. <laughs> No, no, go ahead. I'll okay. stop. Ghost peeps. Ooh. I got I got pumpkin peeps down there too. Are are ghost peeps dead peeps that have come back, or are they just peep shaped like ghosts, or both? I guess they could be go- both, but they they're more of the peeps shaped like ghosts. Ah, okay. Oh, if you get haunted later, your ghost peeps came back as ghost ghost peeps. Sweet. Yeah, broad. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know about any more odd than normal, but yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> any any more odd than normal?
Does that mean normal for us? Or exactly. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay. Thank you, my my good gentleman. <laughs> who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, I'm gonna take a quick drink here. Me too. I, I am now on zombie cake. Mm, zombie cake. You know what Salvador Dali said? Oh, nope, that's coming up. I actually, I'm like, hey, I got a good quote. That's later. Self-discipline. <laughs> Go scourge yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, no, not like, ah, oh, yeah. You're... <laughs>